We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands, skies and waterways and pay our respects to all elders past and present. We pay our respects to the world's oldest continuing culture. You're listening to Story Globe, a podcast of little tales from everywhere. For story lovers, big and small, from anywhere. This story was first told in Greece. Like many stories from that part of the world, it's bursting with vivid images and clever insights, many of which will be familiar to English speakers as well. If you've ever heard someone explain how they know something by saying A little bird told me Well, we're about to meet that little bird in the story of Pulia and Avjerinos. Picture a red thread unwinding into the dark. This is fate. Let's see where it leads. Once upon a time, there was a little girl named Puglia. She lived quite happily with her mother and father at the edge of a small village very close to the forest where her father worked as a woodcutter. But when Puglia was still very young, her mother grew sick and soon she died. Puglia and her father grieved terribly, but before long, the woodcutter had remarried, and soon there was another child in their house, a little boy named Avierinos. As Puglia and Avierinos grew up, they became inseparable, playing in the forest and feeding the birds that sang in its pomegranate trees. Although he was younger than Puglia, Avjarinos protected his sister and always took her side, which he often had to do because his mother did not like Puglia. Not at all. In fact, when Avjarinos was still quite small, his mother hatched a plan to sell Puglia at the market and get rid of her once and for all. However, as the fates would have it, a little bird overheard the woodcutter's wife making her plans. The little bird flew at once to Puglia and Avjerinos, where they were playing, and told them everything. As you can imagine, Puglia was very upset to hear that her stepmother planned to sell her, and she began to cry. Dry your eyes, said the little bird, and listen very carefully to what I say. You can save your life, Puglia but you must leave the forest and village and all that you've known. This is what you need to do. Puglia dried her eyes and listened. Tomorrow morning, said the little bird, you must put three things in your pocket. A comb, a bar of soap and a pinch of salt. Then, when your stepmother combs your hair and ties it with ribbons, Avgerinos will come and snatch those ribbons away from you. You will pretend you are upset and you'll chase after him to get them back. Obviously, your stepmother will run after you. So, as you run away from her, you must throw these three things behind you. First the comb, then the soap, and then the salt. 
First the comb, Puglia repeated, then the soap, and then the salt. Good luck, kid, said the little bird, and flew away. The next day, the two children did exactly as the bird told them. While Puglia's stepmother was combing the girl's hair, Aviarinos grabbed her ribbons and started running fast as he could. Puglia ran after her brother, crying, just as if she was terribly upset at having her ribbons stolen. The woodcutter's wife shouted at them to come back. I'll buy you new ribbons, Puglia, she cried. But then she saw Aviarinos seize Puglia's hand and she realized the children were running away. Quickly she began to chase them. Puglia looked back and saw her stepmother getting closer. Just as the bird had told her, she threw the comb over her head, and where it landed behind her, a forest, huge and wild, sprang up, filled with nettles and thorns. But the woodcutter's wife fought her way through with remarkable strength and speed. Just as the bird had told her, Puglia now threw the soap behind her. Massive rocks burst from the ground. But her stepmother climbed them with astonishing speed, and soon she had almost caught them. Finally, Puglia threw the salt behind her. Between the children and their stepmother, there now raged a great sea, deep, dark, and treacherous. Puglia saw her stepmother on the other shore, blue in the face with rage. She heard her stepmother howl with anger and shivered as she turned away. Julia and Avgerinos stayed only to catch their breath before they started walking in search of somewhere safe to rest. I'm thirsty, said Avgerinos, his throat dry from running. Keep walking, said Puglia. I'm sure we'll find a river somewhere close. But as they trudged on through the hot sun across a strange stony land, there was no water to be found. I'm thirsty, whispered Avgerinos. Be patient, all right, Puglia told him. We'll find water soon. Walking for a little longer, they found a clearing full of fresh tracks, the tracks of wolves. Their great paw prince held some water, and Avgerinos knelt to drink. Puglia felt herself shiver, as if hearing again her stepmother's howl of anger. Don't! Puglia screamed. Don't drink, Avgerinos, please! You'll turn into a wolf. Turn into a wolf? scoffed Avgerinos. Yes, said Puglia, a wolf, and you'll eat me up. Avgerinos, who had not heard his mother shout across the sea, was confused. But he promised his sister he would not drink. They kept walking and soon they saw tracks from an ox filled with dirty water. Avgerinos was so thirsty, he fell to his knees to drink. 
No, please don't drink, Puglia said, shivering. You'll turn into an ox. All right, said Avyarinos. I won't drink then. They walked further, growing very tired and thirsty, and soon night began to fall. And then Avyarinos saw, in the last rays of the sun, the water that gleamed where a lamb had stepped in the soft earth. Water! he cried as he ran to drink from the lamb's tracks. No! said Puglia in horror. Don't drink! You'll become a lamb! Fine, said Evyarinos. I won't. Let's just go to sleep instead. But when they lay down to rest, and Puglia's eyes had closed, Evyarinos's thirst overcame him and he knelt to drink from the lamb's footprint. Puglia woke with the first rays of the sun. As she opened her eyes, she saw, sitting beside her, a lamb, small and white. Looking into its eyes, she realized what had happened. She picked up the lamb, stroked his head, kissed it, and tied a silk ribbon around its neck. Let's go, little brother, she said, wiping the tears from her eyes. They walked through the gathering day, and before long, they came upon a pomegranate tree. Puglia, so hungry now she barely cared what was and wasn't stealing, climbed the tree to pick the fruit. But she had to climb out on a long branch, which, she realized as she looked down, overhung a stream of fresh water. If only they had waited to drink. At that moment, Puglia heard the sound of horses. Peering down, she saw what she could only think was a prince and his servants. She watched, fascinated, as they stopped to drink from the spring. The prince, bending to splash water on his face, saw a face reflected in the stream. His first thought was, that must be a dryad, a tree spirit. Not daring to look up, he peered closely at the reflection and realized that the beautiful creature looking back at him was a girl. Raising his head, he called to her, Come down! Don't be afraid! But Puglia stared at him and shook her head. The prince, being a decent guy, decided not to press the matter. He did, however, glance at the small white lamb who had trotted up. Feeling sorry for the lonely little creature, he picked him up with one hand as he swung onto his horse. No, don't take my lamb, cried the girl in the tree. The prince, startled, looked up to see her climbing down the branches as fast as she could. Puglia and the prince spoke for some time. Eventually, she agreed to follow the prince back to the palace, as long as the lamb was not harmed. On the ride back, the prince found himself enchanted in every way with this stranger. So much so that after they reached the palace, he went to the king and queen and announced with grave excitement, Father, mother, I found my wife.
The wedding of Puglia and the prince was grand and resplendent. Everyone was admiring the pretty and kind princess who was going to be their queen one day. Well, almost everyone. Unfortunately for Puglia, her mother-in-law, the queen, had enjoyed being the brightest star in the palace. Looking at her son's young bride, she felt that she no longer shone so brightly. Not now that Puglia was in the sky alongside her. Such feelings sometimes fade, but this one did not. It made a home in the queen's heart until she could not think of Puglia and her lamb without wanting to scream with rage. One day, the prince and his father, the old king, were away on a long journey. Puglia was enjoying the fruit trees in the garden, the little lamb in her arms. But as they walked by the well, the queen stepped out from behind a tree and without hesitation pushed Puglia into the well, where she tumbled down, her brother still in her arms. A day went by, and then another. It was a whole week before the prince returned. Looking around in surprise, his first words were, Mother, where is Puglia? I have not seen her, my son, she replied, and laid her hand on his arm. She may have left you, she whispered sadly. After all, we barely know anything about her. <laughs> the prince heard a strange faint echoing sound from the garden. Mother, do you hear that? <coughs> His mother looked at him, expressionless. I'm sure it's nothing. <coughs> That's definitely Puglia's lamb, said the prince, his face grim. She wouldn't have left him behind. With that, he ran to the garden, looking around for the lamb. The bleating continued, growing louder, and the prince realised it was coming from the well. Bah! Bah! The prince threw himself to the ground and peered into the well. In the lamb's bleating, he began to hear words. The queen! Bah! The queen threw her in! Bah! Into the well! The prince gathered his men and they soon drew Puglia out of the well, bruised and battered, and so hungry and tired she could not speak. The queen, with her plans in ruins, saw a last opportunity for revenge. With the prince busy at Puglia's side, she ordered her kitchen staff to seize the lamb and take it to be slaughtered and served for dinner. As soon as Puglia could speak, she called for the lamb, but he was nowhere to be seen. In a panic, she pleaded with the prince to find him. But a few moments later, she heard his bleat and ran to the kitchen courtyard. With horror, she saw she was too late. The little lamb's eyes met hers as the strong arm of the palace cook held him while another hand drew a sharp knife across his throat. But... As the blade drew the very first drops of blood, the servants shouted in surprise as the lamb changed shape under their hands until, 
lying at their surprised feet, was a handsome boy. Puglia ran to Evgerinos and cradled him, weeping loudly, her hand pressing at the wound on his neck, trying to stop his blood from flowing. The entire palace, it now seemed to Puglia, was running into the courtyard, drawn to the commotion. She lifted her face to the sky and saw through her tears, birds. There were ten of them, all doves, and they descended, surrounding the weeping sister and her brother. She saw the prince's astonished face as the ten doves touched their wings together in a shining circle. And the injured siblings began to rise from the earth. Farewell, my beloved prince, and you, my good king, said Puglia, as she began to fly away. My brother and I have known such pain in this world that we are leaving. Now we will live away from everyone, together and in peace. And Puglia and Avgerinos rose and rose until they became stars in the sky where no one can reach them. Some among us down here on Earth know of Gerinos as Venus, and Puglia is also known as the Pleiades. If you look carefully, when the night sky is clear, you'll see them up there among the stars, side by side, shining brightly and safe. This episode of Story Globe is written by Marcel Dorney and Dina Yorolamu, with voices by Alice Chin and Alkisti Pitsaki. We're recorded by Kyle McLevy and produced and mixed by Kieran Ruffles for SBS Audio.